Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're here to discuss Season 2, Episode 13 of The Bad Batch, titled Pabu. I, I could not come up with <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, how is Stephen going to do this? <laughs> nope. I, I wish I could. I am not that talented. I, I still can't come up with one. I can't. I got nothing. Yeah, I could, Tom, I could, tell I could. us about this episode before we linger on my lack of pun. Okay, so tonight we are going to be reviewing The Bad Batch, Season 2, Episode 13, Pabu, directed by Stuart Lee and written by Amanda Rose Munoz. Now, in this episode, The Bad Batch takes refuge on an idyllic island. So when we last saw them, they were they were kind of talking to Sid, and now they're on an island. So, what? yeah, so what do you guys think? So the episode, I mean, it kicks off with they're in the middle of a mission mm-hmm. with uh, Fee again. Uh, it seems they've maybe grown closer with her. It's not super clear. Um, but, you know, they've got a, I don't know, they're in a bar, like, going after a job, as you do. Yeah, she she kind of came out of nowhere. They've had a couple missions with her, you know, and um, she's kind of become a, a bigger character this this season, at least in in a few uh, episodes and you know, we saw uh, twice already uh, i think twice maybe three times fee going after different artifacts and this time she's going after uh another artifact uh owned by uh or the, is currently in the possession of lance crowder played by none other than steve bloom uh of course always good to see that name again yeah great great mm-hmm. to see him return of course played uh zeb in rebels um and so yeah, I, I like how we, you know, kind of drop into the middle of the mission. They're they're in the middle of this exchange, right? And Omega and Fee are trying to buy this this tree carving artifact, and of course it doesn't go well and ends up in becoming a giant fight. Um, and uh, they escape with the the artifact and their money uh, as a result, because you know Lance Crowder just tried to kill them and poison. Well, first he tries to poison Fee. And then he tries to kill her with the uh, the cowhuns from um, you know Attack of the Clones, those little like cr- crawly, creepy crawly you know uh, creatures that try to kill Padme in her sleep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so um, you know, it, you know, it's it's a fun little moment. It's really all we see of Lance Crowder and uh, his villains. I, Steve Bloom is awesome, and it would have been great to see him again uh, for a bit longer. But hey, at least we got a nice cameo. Um, and yeah, and then and then the episode really takes a turn and gives us, uh, you know, we actually get to see wh- what Fee does with all of these artifacts, right? What 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 is she? Why is she a kind of a treasure hunter of of, of sorts? Um, and we get to learn more about her backstory and get a little bit of a quieter episode after the the kind of the insanity of the last, you know, the season with the bad batch constantly being betrayed by Sid, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it gives us a, a bit of a time to kind of take a breather. I think before the season ramps up for the finale. Yeah. Honestly, I think my favorite thing is just, we, 
I feel like we're starting to get closure with Sid to some degree. Mm-hmm. We see mm-hmm. a message play from her to the batch, and we find out it's now been 20 rotations, which... Uh, do you guys know how long a rotation is? I don't, About I don't a day. Actually... <laughs> a day? Okay. Well, it, it, it depends on, I guess, what planet you're exactly. on. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But it, it's been a while, and I'm... It's interesting. She is very much escalating her threats, I would say. We've gone from, you know, come on, guys, just talk to me, to, I mean, she's not quietly, but, like, I don't, I can't remember the word for it, but, like, she is very clearly threatening them to expose them to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Presumably the Empire, I, I'm assuming. I, I would imagine that would be the logical choice. Do you guys think she's going to end up, do you think she'd actually do it? Or is she just trying to play hardball? I think she's trying to play hardball personally. I, I I don't, I mean, maybe she might actually try to expose them, but I think she cares more about, I think she really just wants to, she likes having them under her thumb because they do all sorts mm-hmm. of missions for her. They get her out of trouble and she gets them, gives them a tiny cut, but really like, I think she benefits more than they do in, in most ways. Um, and, but, but, you know, last episode, she's like, if you don't succeed, or not last episode, two weeks ago, right? Um, mm-hmm. Last time we saw the batch, she flat out tells them, if you don't succeed, don't come back. Uh, right. And they didn't succeed, right? Because <laughs> they that was the uh, uh, the episode um, with uh, the, the Zillow Beast. And, you know, as we know, as we talked about in the episode, she, they didn't get anything and they came away empty handed. So clearly they actually took her advice and didn't return, um, which is actually kind of funny now that I think about it. She said, don't come back if you don't if you're not successful and then they're not successful and she threatens them for not coming back but you know it it, it, it aligns with her character it makes sense mm. it, it sounds but, like sin it, mm. it sounds like sin but do you think that if the empire somehow figures out that they need omega which it looks like that's that is a pushing point going forward that it may get to a point where sid may balance out that well i could probably use this over their head in a way of Hey, the Empire is looking for Omega, mm-hmm. or hey, I can make some money off them and turn them in because I know where they're at. It's a good point, actually. The more you talk about, more, the more so now that you mention it, I feel like she would maybe not just turn them in on her own, but if the, she knew that they were looking for Omega, I don't know. Maybe she'd turn them in. It, I could see it. I think she would. Like if the bathroom mm-hmm. aren't making her money anymore, well, there's one more way they can. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it'd be a, you know, it'd be an interesting turn. Um, go back to the, the, the race episode with echo, mm-hmm. the guy that basically where they saved her, butt from him, if he ends up, well, like, I mean, this yeah. is just a whole turn. He ends up basically helping the batch in the end, get away from sin. Yeah, potentially. I mean, we, we already have, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe Malegi is, is someone who can, who can help or some of the, some of Sid's, enemies potentially i think uh, you know it is interesting to me that feet they're they're already trusting feet right because she she previously mm-hmm. knew sid um but clearly they've established enough a relationship with her where they trust fee to help them whereas they don't trust sid um and she even calls sid you know fee even says that sid is a useful ally but not someone you want to cross and so well it also seems like fee has nothing hanging over their head really no, and she doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, and Feed also doesn't appear to be using them as Sid is using them. Yeah. So you, you could you could look at it as, hey, what's going to be the better of the two? 
well, Fee appears to be the better one to follow at this point. Maybe she can help us get us out from under Sid. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I do hope we get resolution to the... It sounds like based on... Things are accelerating, and I do think we'll get resolution in season two. I guess we'll see. Uh, we only have three episodes after this. Hard to believe, right? Only three episodes left in the season. Um, so maybe we'll get resolution in season two. I hope we do. Although with, you know, the, I don't know. I guess they could still fit it in. There's a lot going on, right? There's Mount Tantus and Crosshairs there. And uh, they're, you know, they're, Hemlock is, Dr. Hemlock's looking for Omega. There's all sorts of stuff happening, but maybe they can still fit that in. I, w- I would love to see resolution in this episode. And at least again, as we talked about two weeks ago, at least the batch are finally starting to, uh, to realize that, that maybe Sid is not someone they should be around. Mm-hmm. It was about time. Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like this episode as a whole is meant to be the, the alternative mm-hmm. to Sid, to being on the run. And that is introduced to us in the, I mean, on idyllic paradise that is Pabu, mm-hmm. an, an island in the middle of a water planet that just kind of seems perfect. I also noticed, speaking of parallels, Stephen, the it, it also reminded me of a more idyllic version of Camino, right? Whereas Camino was more oh, stormy mm-hmm. and dark, but yep. it's still this this island in the middle of the water, kind of feels at home in some ways to, uh, for the clones. Um, but you know, it's it's peaceful, and, and you're right. I also like the, your comparison to right sid is in this like bar uh you know and it's kind of a dark and dun you know grimy area this is beautiful and there's flowers all over and it's this beautiful island in the middle of this crystal blue sea it's uh it really is incredibly peaceful and it and it shows mm-hmm. hunter and omega and um tech and wrecker what what life could be like if they mm-hmm. settled down and, and maybe didn't even fight the empire and they, and they I attempted. Think, they I'll attempted. say, I, go ahead. No, go ahead, Stephen. thing in this episode, when this, we first started, we're introduced to Mr. Nienta, the kind of village leader. Um, Fee starts kind of dropping the same lines like we had in the first season of, you know, like this, this would be a good place for um, Omega. And I was like, oh God, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I what? really appreciate it. This wasn't a, Let's consider dropping Omega off and letting her live here. It was a maybe this is where the batch retires. Like this is maybe yep. this is their home. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated them striking that balance. Um, you know, compared to where we started in the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we talked and about earlier. You, ev- you took everything what I was gonna say because it <laughs> you well, no, because you could you could definitely see it. Hunter is thinking that, and you're looking at Omega basically with kids being a kid. And that's the one thing that she has not experienced being with the Caminoans, being with the batch. She's not experienced being a kid. So they are Hunter at least. And you can see it with, uh, um, tech and, uh, Wrecker as well. They're, they're getting that life of what is possible. Yeah. So, and I do like the, the comparisons to Camino. You are right on that. So I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, William. No, no, I, I, I was kind of building what you, you said where, uh, you know, we see in tribe how she is, you know, connecting with Gunji, right? And and we talked about in our review there about how it just feels like they're kind of treading a lot of the same ground with leaving her behind. And thankfully, like I just want to echo what you guys said. It 
it, at least they were all considering uh, staying home and, and, you know, they do stay for actually quite a while as we find out in this episode. I mean, the episode literally ends with them, you know, deciding to stay and help rebuild Pabu. And so yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it is a, it's definitely a change of pace for the batch. And it's aside from the natural disaster that happens, um, the tsunami, it is a very otherwise peaceful and relaxing episode and not, you know, it's, it's, there's not a lot of big momentous events or anything because they're, they are getting that change of pace and it really does feel like the calm before the storm. Yeah, there, there's more coming. And I, I think it's pretty clear at the end of this episode that we're, you know, like I said, we're three episodes out as of the end. This is, you know, the batch having to make the decision of they've potentially found a new home and now they have, uh, you know, whatever comes next can threaten that, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's something to Pabu, something elsewhere. Um, they, they have something to fight for now, which I think they've been missing for a lot of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's let, oh, oh by the way, actually, I, I almost forgot. Um, you met, you brought up Mr. Enta, Steven, and I forgot he was also played by Steve Bloom. So we, we did get more Steve Bloom in this episode, <laughs> which was nice. Exactly what you want to see. Just more, yeah. more Steve Bloom, please. Yeah. It's nice. You know, when they bring him in, you know, at least you get to play like two different characters. Um, but no, so in addition to seeing Pabu, right. And the, and kind of that, that change of, of pace there. Um, we are also introduced to some of uh, Fee's, you know, I, I guess family. It, it, I, I forget now. It's um, I don't feel like it's, it's super clear. It, it, they call her Auntie Fee, but I don't know if they're actually related or if it's just like that, you know, term of endearment type of I thing. I think it, it it seemed like as a community, it just seemed like the way they are are communal that you're going to have your auntie fee. You're going to have your uncle here. You're going to have your, it's almost like an, an adopted thing. Yeah. Cause it does seem like that, you know, they all could have been wanderers mm-hmm. and they all found this place and they all have this great, you know, paradisal Island that they're living on and they all know each other. Mm-hmm. So why not for a little kid to call her auntie fee may not be related, but that doesn't hurt because they it, that's how they get along they how it's how they communicate they feel more like a community that way yeah. and that's probably one of the things when it comes to uh wrecker and hunter and omega and tech is that's something that they had that community with their brothers but this is a different feeling that it's like more of a family that yeah. they're seeing yeah it, it, it's exactly it you know they're, they're all very it's a very close-knit community um they're 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 very welcoming you know shep and leon his daughter liana hazard are both you know incredibly welcoming to the batch um even mr enta um and we learned that these they're all everyone here is just they're just refugees looking to start over uh and you know it's kind of a place i feel like i got the sense that not a lot of people know pabu exists and that this is one of the first i mean this is the first time like fee has ever brought visitors to pabu when he brought any any guests and uh and so it does kind of feel like a big moment even for her that she trusts the batch well enough to to bring them here and it could also be a thing to where she trusts them enough to where if they ever got into trouble there's some kind of protection for this island 
Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested to see. Like, do they do they do they come back and settle down here? I mean, I suspect they will not. Right, it's not the end of the show. <laughs> um, but maybe I don't know in the series finale or something it, they come back and I don't know. It could be a home base. I could see it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we even see, you know, Hunter starts to relax. Um, so obviously, uh, Omega meets you know a friend her age. You know, a comment Fee makes at the beginning. And they go out and go boating. And, you know, Omega looks to Hunter for permission. And he's like, yeah, go for it. Which, in some ways, I think is kind of a big move for him. Like, he's letting Omega go off with a stranger, mm-hmm. theoretically mm-hmm. into danger. I mean, I, it, the ocean seems calm, but it is the water. So, it's, yeah, yeah there's something there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, Wrecker is, you know, he's he's relaxed quite a bit, stuffing his face with those of the feast and... Uh, I, yeah. I really just appreciated his, just, his comment on, like, he's never been full before. Yeah. And tech being like, yes, the last time was X and so and so years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys think of the Archeum, by the way? that's We, we learned that, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we learned that um, B, that's this where she's been bringing all the artifacts back, and they're not... They're not actually, they don't really have any monetary value. They're just important culturally to the people of Pabu. And so she goes out and recovers these artifacts for them and places them in the, the Archeum. Uh, it, was a, it was a nice little, you know, uh, twist. She's not just out there for, out there for you know, fame and, and glory or the money. She's kind of just trying to help these people on Pabu. I, I feel like it humanized her a bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And... I would say because they're all, let's say, refugees, maybe some of the stuff that she's bringing in is cultural to a refugee that's there. And she's trying to pre- preserve that culture in in that facility. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, as you mentioned, Tom, we, we get to see a lot more with Liana and Omega. Another one of those Omega meets a, a young friend and feels at home type of episodes. Um and it gets a little more into like, oh, don't you, you know, she asked Omega if she ever feels lonely always being on the run, et cetera. And you know, they go off and they they have their nice evening, you know, boating along the water in the sunset, which is when the tsunami hits. And I, th- I, I, I kind of feel like it's, you know, I, I feel like they kind of added the tsunami just because they wanted to have something big happen. There's the action scene at the beginning. There's a tsunami at the end. Um, and, and other than that, it's just kind of them being peaceful, and 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 so it kind of feels like the tsunami really just only served that purpose. But it makes for a great sequence, right? Where they they have to evacuate the whole island up to the top. It was um, it definitely added some nice tension there. What do you guys think of the whole tsunami sequence? I I think it was good, but it also shows the strength of the community that once the tsunami subsided, they were all going to just help out and rebuild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it yeah. gives the batch a reason to stick around. Yeah, so, it's a fairly low grade threat. All like all things considered, you know, the, the solution is get everyone to higher ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, it does the job. Um, I appreciated the, you know, Omega's sequence of, you know, jumping out of the boat onto the, the land, which is pretty freaky and having the uh, <clears throat> why am I blanking on the name of their ship? Um, the Marauder. Thank you. Yeah. The Marauder, like sweep in, um, you know, worked pretty well mm-hmm. yeah it's all things considered like a relatively tame like oh yeah there's we're doing some things like you know there's a, there's a tsunami we got everyone to the high ground we rescue omega 
and then we're going to rebuild that end of story. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a nice way to kind of cap off the episode again, you know, not the, uh, you know, it, it created a nice, it's a nice moment, right? Um, add some little bit, of exci- you know, exciting things. Um, especially with that, I think, as you mentioned, as the water starts to, to recede, right. And all of a sudden there's just wet sand kind of going all like, I don't know, they're probably like a mile or two away from land, right? And mm-hmm. and now they have no boat, right? <laughs> they're uh, they're just uh, they're just uh they're stuck and there's tsunamis coming behind them. That's yeah, a nice uh nice tension there. And thankfully they're rescued. But the 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 one interesting thing is uh, apparently they haven't had a sea surge like this in over 3 decades, which doesn't feel like that much time to you, to, to you know, build up this whole city. I was expecting them to say it was going to be much longer or right. like they'd have much better defenses if it's like, yeah, three decades. If not, it's been 30 years. Whoops. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, should have, you should have a plan if you think it's going to happen again. Yeah. 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 But hey, they, they pulled it. together and they helped each other. Mm-hmm. It worked out. So, True. Yeah. And they will, and they will rebuild. Yeah, they will yeah. with the help of the batch. Cause that's where, that's where the episode ends. The batch decide to stay on Pabu and try to help rebuild and that's where it ends we'll find out next week what where how, what happens you know yeah yep uh, oh, so for, yeah, yeah i'm up for it I, I'll, oh, I'll go for it tom well I, i'm giving the episode a 6.5 it was it was a solid episode for what it was it really showed me that the bad batch can take time to settle down if they need to find a place to where they can feel comfortable and not have to fight all the time. And it's showing that the characters are basically growing, not just being clones hard. No, I guess the the biggest one you could say out of this whole season that's grown the most is Hunter to where he's trusting Omega to go basically out with a stranger on a boat uh, before a tsunami hits because he didn't know it was coming. But you know, and then Wrecker finally getting comfortable enough to where he can actually feel full. So, I, I mean, it was a good episode. You know, it, it showed a different side of the batch. How that's going to play out in the future, we shall see. But my 6.5 Womp Rats, when, when the tsunami came and, and the water was receding all the way back and there's Omega and her friends stuck on the wet sand, you didn't see those 6.5 Point five Womp Rats, wow, running to get out there to save Omega and her friend because they were stuck in this quicksand of sand because all that water came back. And when the tsunami came, the 6.5 Womp Rats basically didn't make it because they were stuck. That's too bad. It's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, okay. no, but... <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you, Tom. Like, it's... I think I'm gonna give it a six and a half as well. It, it's not a bad episode by any means, but it it's very straightforward, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it feels similar to that first mining episode. Um, I'd say better than the mining episode, but like mm-hmm. my big takeaway from that episode is like, oh, this is set up for the second half of this episode where like the actually interesting things happen. This felt similar in the same way. Like this feels like we're we're trying to establish stakes so that we care a little bit more in the finale. Like there's a home at risk or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. It be. Um, it's not. 
it's not really a filler episode. It's not really a boring episode, but it is a very low key episode. Like it's very chill. Um, And I, you know, I thought it was fine, but I wouldn't say like, you know, blew my mind or anything like that. Um, But yeah, so I'll give it a six and a half Womp Rats out of 10. Um, And my six and a half are obviously competing with, uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Um, Wrecker for, you know, the the most at the feast. Like it's just an all out eating competition. And, you know, we'll see who wins. Wrecker or six and a half Womp Rats. Wow. Don't ask what happened to the half. It's, uh, you know, food didn't agree with him, let's just say. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm gonna make it unanimous. I, you know, this was a, this was a, a very much a necessary episode, right? You need the, the calm before the storm and to see the evolution of these characters and, and what could be, right? And, and it's a, it's a calm, quiet episode. Not bad by any stretch. It's very well, well done and it's very peaceful, uh, for the most part. But as you both said, it's setting up what's to come. And I think that's where like the real excitement will 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 happen. Um, so yeah, but but you know, perfectly enjoyable episode. And so I'll give it six and a half Womp Rats out of ten. And my six and a half Womp Rats, well, you guys know, like they have to have some sort of you know storm warning system, tsunami warning system, and they they keep six and a half Womp Rats uh, caged up in the Archeum. and they. You know, when the, their their hair stands up on the backs of their on their backs, it, you know that there's a you know, there's a tsunami coming. Got to get everyone to safety. So yeah, it's a it's a very much a a, a early warning system. <laughs> I I think it works. Why not? I, I, yeah, it works. Yeah, I think it works very well. Feel sorry for that half. <clears throat> yeah, he's you know, you have to have the half. It's just a, it's a requirement yeah. for the early warning system. It's a safeguard. Got it. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess coming up on Ion Cannon this week, this weekend, we have our review of the Mandalorian chapter 19. This, this season's been really interesting so far, diving into the third episode now. Hard to believe we're already three episodes into the Mandalorian. Just came out today as you're listening to this. Um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. We'll be back in just a couple days with our review of The Mandalorian Chapter 19. And then, of course, next week we'll have our review of Tipping Points when The Bad Batch Season 2 Episode 14 drops. So thank you all for listening, and we'll be back this weekend with our review of The Mandalorian Chapter 19. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.